It is Locked on Jazz for the 17th of November. A status check. We're 16 games in. Where do we rank? Where do we sit? How do we play? What do we do? We'll see. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We are available on all podcasts as well as on YouTube. And that's where you can follow or subscribe and hit that little Liberty Bell button on the YouTube and be notified every time we launch a show. All right, here's what I want to do today. We had day off. Um... By the way, day offs are great, um, but two days off are really great in that, um, and I don't mind, I mean, I love the job, but it's tiring, super tiring, and I was worn out. Um, I had flown back at home in between, I think you guys know, between Atlanta and D.C., so it was, I think I took a plane flight on seven of eight days or six out of seven, I was just worn out. Um, but what's really great, honestly, and I think this means a lot to the players also, uh, is like last night I didn't. I didn't have to prep anything. So the way my cycle usually works is we play a game and then I'll do kind of my locked on stuff throughout the day. And then at about six, five or six o'clock, I switch over and just do all my jazz stuff till, you know, midnight or so and then flip back. Um, and then prep. There aren't, isn't actually a lot of time to prep on a game day. By the time you shoot around, come back, watch the other team for a game after, sh- after shoot around, I always watch the other team. Cause now I can see the plays that we just walked through to understand them. Um, do your last minute prep, anything else you might do that day. And then I'm at the arena by 445. So you'd be surprised how little kind of time there is, um, on that anyway. So, um, so anyway, my, my point on that is not that, um, uh, of any of those kind of things. My point really is that, um, is that yesterday was just great because I actually just didn't do anything NBA all day. In fact, I went to the Utah women's basketball game last night against Oklahoma, um, and that's worth watching. That's Lynn Roberts there has done an incredible job. They're currently ranked 25th, third best, highest ranked team in the Pac-12. Um, they scored 124 points in a women's 40-minute game against the 16th ranked team in the country and were up by 49 at one point. I think they might have gone up 50. Um, that go grab that. Like, there's some real games coming in. Arizona comes in in January. Stanford plays in February right before the Pac-12 tournament. Like, if you're looking for a family thing, and then super cool, at the end of the game, they actually let all the fans come down on the player on the floor to meet the players. Hopefully we get to a point where there's so many fans of those games that they can't do that anymore. Right now they can do it because there just aren't that many people there. But let's hope that that changes. Um, so anyway, tip of the hat. That's some great entertainment and great basketball. Um, and honestly, like if you're one of those people, I don't watch women play, then you're just sexist and it's costing you an opportunity to watch good basketball. And that's too bad for you. Um, for the rest of you, go check it out. It's great fun. All right. Um, and if you're a cougar who doesn't want to go watch a Ute, yeah, that might actually be reasonable. All right, let's get to it. Uh, I just want to kind of do a status check on where we are. That's really the goal. So here's where, and then two things on the status check. We're 16 games in. This is actually an adequate sample where, you know, the fact that Boston is 
the best team in the league. They're now over seven. I talked about the other day. We had nobody over seven. They're now over seven. So Boston's by far the best team in the league. They should be the odds on favorite to win this thing. Um, Phoenix is a plus six, which is really interesting. Third best team in the league. Offensively and defense, that's real. The fact that Milwaukee's right there. And then the fact that New Orleans is plus five um, at this point of the season, 15 games in, even though they're nine and six, like I would argue that New Orleans is kind of established themselves right now by, by a good margin as the second best team in the Western Conference. Um, so I, I think the, that we're at a status point of the season where the numbers matter. They still can fluctuate a great deal, which is what's interesting. Um, like Portland's 10 and four, but they're a plus 1.5. And so that makes me a little nervous. That's not a big enough margin. Sacramento's seven and six and they're a plus 1.4. And I'm actually buying Sacramento a little bit. I've watched a lot of Sacramento. Their defense is horrendous, but they're really good. And they're figuring out how to finish games. So I actually am kind of in on Sacramento right now. I, I think we just have a crazy NBA season still ahead of us where the fluctuation is going to be wild because the differential between the standard deviation of teams is not that big. So the Jazz are the sixth best offense in the NBA so far through the season. Now, I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now because they take out blowout minutes, but I also love to look at Taylor Schnarr's dunks and threes because they rank dunks and threes goes in, looks at adjusted for strength of opposing defensive face, and this early in the season, that really matters. So this is interesting. This is where the Jazz actually, both of these line up. The Jazz are the seventh best on dunks and threes, and they're the sixth best overall. Is there anything going on with our offense that's unnatural? And this is kind of what the status check is today. So we're the eighth best shooting team in the league, and we'll dig into our shot selection and shot distribution in a second. We're 23rd in the league in taking care of the ball. Okay, that's not great. Again, I've always been this way about turnovers. The other night, you're, you're committing so many turnovers that they're in fa- they're in transition all the time. So I'm just a big live ball versus dead ball turnover person, and our live ball turnovers are too much. We're the fourth best offensive rebounding team at 31.3%. Okay, that's certainly a philosophy. It's certainly who we are. It might be a little high, so let's look at that in a second here. And our free throw rate is 23rd in the league, which is 18.9. So let's go back to the off. There's been an offensive rebounding kind of revolution in the last year or two, and let's see whether... 31.3 by the Jazz right now of all of our misses is too high. The league average is 27%. So that's four percentage points above the league average. Last year, the league average was 26. So we've had a jump. And the best team in the league was Memphis at 32.7, which is six points, six and a half percentage points above. And Toronto was five percentage points above. And then Indiana was only three point, was the next best, so only 3.4 percentage points above. So... 3.4, kind of, by the time you got the two outliers, which were Memphis and Toronto, we moved really quickly within 2.5 percentage points of league average. We're right now at four. So I think our offense, unless we're really, really going to be an elite, elite offensive rebounding team, one of the two or three teams in the league that offensive rebounds at a rate higher than everyone else, and right now Memphis is there at 33%, and Houston's there at 32 I honestly don't see our roster as so wildly athletic the way I do Memphis or Toronto or even Houston that I believe that we are going to be that team. So I think this number comes down a little bit. The 31.3 probably comes down just a percentage point. Two. It's it's a, probably one offensive rebound less a game. It's not a lot, but it also will impact our ability to stay sixth offensively because we're stealing a possession every night. 
And our free throw rate is 23rd. Our turnover rate, 23rd, feels about right. Our shooting, 8th, feels about right. So I would suspect that from a, from a viability standpoint of our offense, when you look at our numbers, 6th in the NBA, and then you dig into the Dean Oliver four factors, which is shooting, turnovers, rebounds, and free throws, our offensive rebounding number rate is still a little bit higher than I think is probably viable for an entire season. Not a lot, but, you know... I talk about this a lot, and it sounds super boring, probably, or ridiculous, but like little tiny margins, one shot here, one there, tiny, tiny things matter. I think that we lose that. Our offensive rebounding rate recently has been back up. Our last two games have been really, really high, and five of our last, um, six, six of our last seven games have been over 30%. So, excuse me, six of our last nine games have been over 30%. So maybe... Maybe there actually is some viability to us staying where we are. Uh, it's not like it's cooling off a bit. Um, the uh, same thing over on dunks and threes, just to look at it, we're the seventh ranked offense, we're the eighth best shooting team, we're the 23rd ranked turnover team, we're the fourth best offensive rebounding rate, and we're the 25th free throw team. So that kind of matches um, a little bit. I don't think the four factors are weighed, by the way, necessarily for strength of schedule there. Um, what we've done so far this year is we've played the 22nd ranked defensive schedule. So we have not played the elite offensive teams. I'm curious to see what happens when we play one of them, whether it just blows us up because it used to, like in the years past, we've just been blown up by it. Our offensive strength of schedule is about even, um, those elite defensive teams are Milwaukee, the Clippers, which we did not have a, a big problem with Portland. So we'll see Portland right now is the number three defensive team in the league. And we'll see them on, on Saturday, Chicago, and then Phoenix we play on Friday. And then Philadelphia did blow us up, and they're the sixth best defensive team in the league. Um, Dallas is eighth, and we've played them. Washington's ninth, we've played them. Pelicans played tenth. So it's not like we have been absent of playing good defensive teams. Um, one quick thing from just a league-wide standpoint about where these trends are that I do think matter a little bit. And I've mentioned this once earlier this year. We're in the midst of a massive offensive revolution. And I don't think it's just the take fell. But um, I was actually texting with Ron Boone about this last night. So the league offensive ranking rating right now is a 112.8. That means that you score 112.8 points per 100 possessions. At the same exact time last year, it was a 108 So we're 4.8 points, nearly 5% better offense this year than we were a year ago. This is on pace for the biggest offensive jump in one season in NBA history by a large margin. If you go back to last season, the offense in the second half of the season last year, there are some weird COVID things to last year, right? There were these weird guys playing and the league didn't, didn't totally make sense and all that. But if you go to the offensive second half of, of last season offensively, there there's a like a crazy jump that happens if we just kind of do a quick check of February of last year um and take it February from February first on of last year, I just pulled this up right now. The league offense took a um took a considerable jump. It went to one fifteen point oh. So for the final 30 games of the season last year, the offensive rating in the league was a 115. Well, right now, the offensive rating is a 112.8. At this point, it was a 108. Offense gets better as the year goes on. So, 
right now we're at an offensive pace where our league offensive rating could be like a 115-116 by the time we're done this year. And we've never seen anything like it. So there's just an offensive, total offensive explosion taking place in the league. Um, the impact of that, I'm not entirely sure, other than we should probably just be aware that it's that it's taking place because it's it's noticeable. Okay, so that's um, let's go defense um, and look at the Jazz defensively um, as we continue here on the program. Today's show uh, brought to you on this by Built Bar. I mean, it's simply the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. What else do you need to know about Built Bar? There's so many great things that are going on at Built Bar. Um, cookie dough topper, co- coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. They're, they're, they're just amazing. They keep coming out with another flavor and another flavor, and i got to order more and more and more. Right now, they have coconut, cookie dough, coconut brownie, candy cane brownie, candy cane brownie puff. Oh, that order is being made right now. White chocolate peppermint granola, coconut, coconut marshmallow, brownie batter. It's all there. Absolutely outstanding, and it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 net carbs, 4 sugar, no nuts, yay, 6 grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. It is built all at Built Bar. Go check it out. Get the latest uh, and take advantage of the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off. Your order. I will be all over that today with the, uh, so don't beat me to it. Um, hopefully I'll get it done first. Today's show is also brought to you by Turo. It's the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts across US, UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Forget about borrowing rental cars. Find your device on Turo. It is a huge selection of vehicles, just about any occasion or budget, an SUV, a minivan, a Tesla, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive that electric vehicle you've always wanted to try. Every trip is backed by a liability insurance, terms and conditions, inclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo. Test drive the newest cars, take it out for a day, do it for a trip, or use it the way you would a rental car along the way. Car owners who share their cars on Turo are the hosts and you are the guests. And that is how it feels when you're using Turo, go check it out today as Turo, the largest car sharing marketplace. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen, it's Locked On Sports Today, the 22 minutes entire recap of the day. Sports updating you on all the top stories and everything you need. Locked On Sports Today. Make sure you go grab that. I'm really proud of that program. Also, I always mention it. But there's always our good friends over at Game to Game. Uh, Kanani and the crew doing a great job there. All right. Uh, Defensively, status check. The Jazz are the 19th ranked defense in the league. Interestingly, by the way, with this offensive explosion of the top 10 differential teams in the league right now, almost all of them are elite defensively. The number one, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, Number 10, eight of the top 10 ranked defenses are in the top 10 in differential and offense. Like, if you actually play defense, it might be more important than ever before. At least it looks like it. Um, Milwaukee's the best defensive team in the league. The only team that's really, really good defensively that's not actually good is the Clippers. They're last in the league offensively right now. Um, And then Phoenix is the third best defensive team in the league, as we mentioned. Dallas is the fourth best. 
Fifth best is Philadelphia. Sixth best is New Orleans. And Cleveland is seven. The defense, it's, it's an interesting thing going on here. We have a lot of teams right now that are top 10 in both, um, which is different than what we're used to seeing. So we're 19th defensively. We're the 11th best team against the shot. So we actually should be a little bit better defensively. We're 17th in forcing turnovers. We're 25th in defensive rebounding. And we're 11th in free throw rate. Nothing strange there at all. Nothing to like really look into. That seems totally legitimate. And if you look at um, our defensive rating, uh, according to Taylor Starr and the dunks and threes, we are, we're rated, they actually give us a little bit of a benefit. We're ranked 13th defensively. Because we've played really, really good teams on the defensive end. And he has us. The only thing different he has us is that we're 7th in the league in shooting defense, 15th in the league in turnovers, 29th in the league in defensive rebounding. So that's a real area where I think the team could focus and probably get a little bit better. Let's look at shot distribution because that's actually on defense and on offense where things can get a little funky. Um, One, I'm just a huge believer in getting the right shots or denying the right shots. So offensively, our status check here is that we're getting the 10th best quality shots. Our shot location, at least, is the 10th best of any team in the league. Um, Second Spectrum has another data point that you've probably heard about before, which is called QSQ, which is kind of the quality of shots you're actually getting as an offensive team. And our QSQ ranks ninth in the league, um, and we're shooting better than you'd expect. So we're getting about the 10th best quality shots, like from location standpoint, and then overall shots, the ninth best. So that's good. That's a tribute and credit to Will Hardy um, and the work that the coaching staff is doing there. Do we have anything unusual going on? Well, we're we're fifth, taking the fifth most amount of threes and the sixth most amount of non Corner threes, the eighth amount of corner threes. No, that's like that's not unusual. We don't take a lot of mid-range shots. We just shoot really good shots. Are we making an inordinate amount of any of our shots where over 15 games that's going to come down? Well, the one thing is our corner three shooting is uh, insane at 47%, and that can't, that can't last. You, you're not gonna, we have really, really good corner three shooters, but we're not going to shoot 50% on corner threes for the year. Uh, Denver's also at 48%, and that's an unnatural number. So going back to kind of um, what we talked about earlier, you kind of go back and you look at the, um, the data point of a, of a year ago and say, you know, what's too far one way or the other on shooting. And last year, the best corner three shooting team in the league um, was the Atlanta Hawks at 42.3%, and they were four percentage points above league average. League average last year on corner threes was 38.5. And this year, the league average on threes is 38.2. So the expectation is you're going to be four percentage points above. We're 10 percentage points above right now. So our corner three shooting is going to cool down. A bunch of teams actually are. San Antonio's too high. We're too high. Philadelphia's too high. Denver's too high. So you're going to see the corner three sample size. Brooklyn's too high. Uh, that's going to drop. So that's kind of worth noting that there's another one where maybe some of our shooting and our offense do slip a little bit. On the defensive end, we have the, we're have we league average on our shot distribution. We're doing an unbelievably great job of denying the three. Um, maybe, again, slightly unnatural. 
Um, and the reason I say that is because if you look at last year, the number one team in the league at denying threes was the Washington Wizards at 32.7. They were four percentage points better than league average. And right now we're at five percentage points. Tiny, tiny bit. Probably not a big deal if we're really committed to it. But we're 26th in the league at allowing shots at the rim. And that's why our shot distribution is not great. Um, we're allowing 37% of shots at the rim. The only teams that allow more shots at the rim are San Antonio, Oklahoma City, um, and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's hard to explain. The other two make a lot of sense. Um, we do a great job of denying corner threes. We're the second best team in the league at denying corner threes. We're the fifth best team in the league at denying above the break threes. And we're the number one team in the league at denying threes. Denying threes is huge. And we can't really have personnel that's going to deny the rim. So give a lot of credit to the coaching staff of building something that we can do well. But I think it's a tiny, tiny bit. We are, teams are shooting 33.6% against us on threes. So not only are we not giving them up, <coughs> they're not shooting them well. So that's, again, playing the same little game. Like, what's the regular difference between the like some of the best teams in the league and, and league average? This is always the way I look at it. Last year, the diff- three-point shooting defense gets really, really narrow as the year goes on. There's just actually, it's it, the data shows it's kind of luck. So the difference is usually about 1.5 percentage points on either side. Um... And the fact is that um, the this one is, uh, we're about 2.5. So again, that's going to slide a little. But on the other end, teams are shooting 50% against us on long twos and 45% on short twos. That's not going to last either. So I actually think this will all equal out on a defensive end. There, there's That's actually not a realistic thing for teams to shoot at that level against us um, as well. It's just... You can't, teams aren't going to, like the, the league average on long twos is is way up right now um, in the fact that it's at 42%. Um, but teams are shooting 50% from us. Last year, long twos were 41%. And the team that had the worst luck of any team in the league on those was San Antonio at 45%. That's four percentage points. Okay, right now we're almost 10 percentage points. So that's going to go back in our favor. Toronto's going to benefit from this as well. So are the Lakers. Um. So keep an eye on that. Those shots, that the short mid-range little floaters going in at too high a rate, uh, about 3% points higher than league average, but the long twos are really going in at a crazy high rate against us, and that'll equal out our three-point shooting probably will as well. So that's, there are a bunch of little things here that are going to move a little bit. I think our offense is probably not quite as good as it is. I think our defense kind of stays right about where it is. Um, And, you know, what's interesting on that is probably worth taking a standings look at this uh, and saying, well, okay, well, where does that leave us? If we're not dramatically off where we are, and that's our differential, like, here's the crazy one on this whole conversation is like, where do we rank in differential? According to four factors, on uh, cleaning the glass, which takes out blowout time. We're the third best team in the Western Conference right now in differential. Denver's right behind us, and Dallas is as well. And then Memphis, and then Portland. But our differential of a 3.0 puts us behind only Phoenix and New Orleans right now in the Western Conference in differential. And I didn't find I, the three. I, I probably found a point or two. So if you suddenly take us to 1.5 and everyone else stays where they are, I mean, that's a pretty big drop. But let's say you go to 1.5. Phoenix is better than we are. New Orleans is better than we are. Um, Denver's better, Dallas, Memphis, and then we're right at Portland suddenly battling for, that would be battling for the sixth playoff spot if depending where, you know, one Memphis and Golden State and some of these other teams suddenly perk back up. There's a, like, that that data shows me if I didn't know anything about our team and are tanking this and this and that, that we'd be sitting right on the possibility of 
of being a sixth team in the Western Conference, according to that data. Um, We'll look at it here a little bit more in depth in a second. Uh, Today's show uh, is brought to you in part by some friends of mine down in Utah County, uh, Summit Cap. And Summit Cap invested in lockdown at the very early stages when we took our first funding. And they were really great to deal with because they weren't in the sports media broadcasting business, but they, they approached it as entrepreneurs. They approached it as let us ask questions, get understanding of what your business is, but let's not tell you how to do it. And we don't have an expertise, um, which in sports, almost everyone pretends they have an expertise. Uh, what they're looking for is to provide capital for management that's seeking to buy out the owner of the business they work in. So provide capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of the business they work in. Um, owners, Seeking to sell their business, this would also be Summit Cap, can help you an entrepreneur seeking capital to help grow their business. But the first one's the interesting one. If you know someone who works for a company and maybe they're at a stage where the owners are kind of stalling or holding ground because they don't want to make the next step, but you know actually how someone knows they can take this company to the next level. They just need the capital to buy out the owner and then take the company to the next level. This is where Summit Cap comes in. Matt, Jeff, David, all great guys. Matt's your contact. He's at 801-796-2033. That's 801-796-2033. Locked on jazz at summitcaputah.com or summitcaputah.com is a website if you just want to check it out. Or you can email me at dlock09 and we'll help you out and get you um, dlock09 at gmail.com to help you out. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net where you can get all the news, sports, information, scores, podcasts, everything that you need to know about what's going on in the betting world. You love sports podcasts. They have them there. We always have the fastest and easiest ways to help you get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or visit your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. To this conversation of, like I said today, that I think the Celtics are, you know, really have jumped out that the data <clears throat> is good enough. Now, betting lines sometimes are moved based on what team, you know, what, what betters are doing. But here's the NBA futures for a championship right now. Celtics are at plus 550 with the Bucks at plus 550. Warriors are plus 750 despite another big loss last night. Clippers at plus 900 despite the fact they're 30th in the league offensively. Suns at plus 900. Nets at plus 1600. Cavaliers plus 1600. Dallas and Denver are all the way at plus 1800 as is Memphis. This thing's wide open. I'll tell you that. <clears throat> and the Pelicans are at plus 2,500 at betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, continuing um, on this, just a quick little standings check, right? Like, like, let's just look at the standings for a quick second and see. I mean, the Jazz have played more games, more road games, more games against above 500 teams. Um, and... We're one game out of Portland for the fourth spot, and you have everyone so closely um, fit. But right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs, Los Angeles Lakers, and Houston Rockets are not in the plan. The Thunder and the and the Timberwolves are tied. Do any of the following teams seem like a team to you that would replace the Utah Jazz? The Thunder, the Warriors, the Spurs, the Lakers, the Rockets. So the Warriors. So the, if you're looking for the play-in, the question is, would the Warriors replace the Jazz? And right now, that's three and a half games. Is there anyone else in this group who you think is more likely to be replaced than the Jazz? Minnesota, Clippers, Kings, Mavericks, Grizzlies. That's probably it. Pelicans are really good. Nuggets are good. Suns are good. So let's stop there. So 
Is there anyone else, if the Warriors are going to make the play-in, that you think are more likely to replace the Jazz? Timberwolves, Clippers, Kings, Mavericks, Grizzlies. So probably not the Grizz, probably not the Mavs, probably not the Clippers, probably not the Timberwolves. So it's us or the Kings for the play-in. And I'm bullish on the Kings actually right now, as I've said. But that's worth keeping an eye on. Like I kind of think that's, unless something dramatically changes, we're suddenly in a battle with the Kings for the play-in. Um... Or better, but it's so closely knit. All right, the last one I wanted to check on in kind of our status check today was kind of style of play. Because um, I I don't know, I'm still trying to learn. I'm doing this every day, by the way, just if you're wondering, like, oh, this is really boring. Might be, might be really boring, um, but it's kind of worth doing. So here's just some interesting things about us. So per 100 possessions, um, we take the fourth most amount of drives of any team in the league. So that's really what our offense is. We're, we're going to drive it. The number one team is Oklahoma City. Number two is Detroit. Number three is New York. Number four is the Jazz. Um, we're not particularly good on that, actually. We're 22nd in the league in drives. Now, what we're probably really good on is drives and pass out, right? That's that's the corner three in that shooting game. That's kind of our game. So on handoffs, which feels like it's a huge part of what we do, and I love it, and I'm a big handoff fan, and frankly, Lynn Roberts at the Utes is running some great handoff action. Last night, we were on the fourth most amount of handoffs in the NBA uh, offensively. Again, we're not, um, we're good at it. We're 12th in the league. We're actually pretty good at it. 12th in the league. Um, the best in the league is Portland and Dallas. That's Dame and Luka, pretty hard to guard on that. And actually Minnesota and New Orleans. Um, Sacramento, San Antonio, Toronto run them the most. So we run the third most, fourth most amount of drafts, fourth most amount of handoffs. Isolation game, which is not... Seemingly our deal. Luca, Shea, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Julius Randle, Devin Booker, Paul George, Pascal Siakam are all there. Um, Shea's like unstoppable right now. He is so good. Um, so isolations, obviously the team that runs the most in the NBA is Dallas. We run the 20th most isolations. So we, we, we try to stay away from the isolation. I think <coughs> we have to, we're not great at it. We're about 21st in the league at isolations. Off-ball screens. We have a lot of action. We have a lot of guys moving, a lot of doing things. So do we run a lot of off-ball screens? Well, we actually do. We run the seventh most amount of off-ball screens, and we're great at it. We're the second best team in the league at off-ball screens. So this is interesting. A lot of handoffs, a lot of picks. Um, we just talked, you know, those kind of things. We uh, A lot of drives, a lot of handoffs. Haven't gotten to our pick and roll yet. Um, a lot of handoffs, a lot of drives but a lot of off-ball action all at the same time. It's why people talk about how fun we are and how beautiful we are to watch right now because we're just doing so many different things. Pick and roll is what we kind of lived on for the last years. We're now 20th in the league in pick and roll. We run the 20th most pick and roll. So we're going to run a handoff. We're going to drive it. We're going to run an off-ball screen much more than we're going to run some pick and roll action um, for you. And we're about 19th in the league at that. So I think that's like kind of another interesting little kind of tidbit um, on our play style of who we are. And our dad, our sample size is big enough. Teams 15 games into the season, you know exactly who they are and what they're going to do. Um, so that's kind of, th- those are the things I wanted to share today about who we are and what we do and, and things like that. We'll look a little bit more into individual numbers tomorrow. Uh, oh, more numbers, how great. Um, we'll look into some of the pick and roll stuff and, and more numbers tomorrow, how we're doing on things and that. Um, I do always like to kind of give you guys the... Um, 
kind of the quick like last ten um, ten games kind of recent um, you know uh, look at things. Uh, that's always been something I always kind of think is a a fun thing to do. Um, that was kind of part of my plan today. Um, but here's the last just kind of quick and we'll do cleaning the glass gives us the last two weeks and then we'll do a quick point differential in the NBA. So the last two weeks, the number one team in the league is Boston. They're just better than everyone else right now. Number two is Sacramento. And I, I've, I've now said this like four times on the show. I've said it like for like two weeks straight. I, I've watched them recently. There's something going on. That, that team's not bad. Mike Brown's putting that offense together. And what he's really doing is moving off De'Aaron Fox and using other people. Denver's third. Indiana's the fourth best team in the league in the last two weeks. Fifth best is Brooklyn, despite that disastrous loss. And then this is without blowout time. Memphis is is sixth. Philadelphia is seventh. Um, Charlotte, Detroit, San Antonio, Chicago, and the Lakers are the worst. Chicago really falling apart right now. Um, and Houston, keep an eye on. Offensively right now, Boston, Sacramento, Utah, Denver, and Minnesota are the top five. So Minnesota for all the struggles. Really, the struggles are defense. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Memphis, Dallas, and the Clippers are the best offensive teams in the league, as we talked about earlier. Um, there's not a lot of great defense. Quickly, the last 10 games um, in the league right now, which is the other one I always like to look at for player trends, you're going to hear a lot of the same names. But the last 10 games, the best teams in the league are Boston, Denver, Toronto, Pelicans, Phoenix, and Utah. So Denver clicking in a little bit as Jamal Murray gets better. Toronto holding in their Pelicans. Toronto's really injured right now. Uh, Suns and then the Jazz. And the Kings are actually next. Offensively, Boston well ahead of everyone. Sacramento, Utah, Denver, Toronto, and Phoenix. Defensively, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Clippers, Pelicans, and Boston. All right, those are your league trends. That's a lot of data. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a few takeaways from it all. This has been Locked on Jazz. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. Time now to go listen to Locked on Sports Today.